Welcome to Lift Church Online, and thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Uh, whether it's your first time or uh, you're joining us again as a, a regular uh, attender or member, we're really grateful that you would come and uh, participate in worship uh, through kind of a different means right now. It's kind of weird, but uh, we pray that you will um, take this time to worship the Lord uh, in the privacy of your home, and uh, honestly, that you will engage even more uh, because nobody's really there to see you. So I hope that your times of worship are sweeter. I hope that your comments to the messenger may be louder, and I hope that you're just really engaged, taking notes and uh, praising the Lord. So um, one way that everyone can connect with us, whether you are a first-time guest or, or whether you've been here forever or a long time, um, is uh, by going to liftchurch.info. So go ahead, pick up your phone, type in uh, the web browser liftchurch.info, and that takes you to our online bulletin. And basically, it's everything you need for the service today. Um, the first thing that we really, really, really want you to do is we want you to hit the Connect Register button. So we really, really, really want to stay connected in this time where everybody feels kind of isolated. We want to know that you're here online joining us. We want to be able to pray for you. Uh, make sure that you put down who's worshiping with you so that we can keep track of who, who, you know, who we're caring for and, and, and how to love you best. So uh, fill out the Connect Register, the prayer request, any information we can give you or however we can be helpful, we would want to do that. Um, also, uh, there's a way to participate uh, online in giving. Uh, and so, obviously, you know, with the economic uh, crisis that we're now in and people being furloughed, and we understand that people are, are deciding again what they're going to give to the Lord each week. And uh, in some ways, I have more money. I'm not driving and so on. But in other ways, if I'm not making as much, I understand. Um, we're, not, we're not upset about what you give or what you don't give. This is an opportunity for you to give to the Lord, to the, to the God of the universe, right? And to your intimate friend. And uh, we, just, we just want you to have that opportunity. So um, you can hit the give button. You can give. You can link that up. You can set online giving and recurring giving. You can do whatever you want. Um, but we just want you to have that opportunity to worship the Lord today. Um, and then we're going to go to a time of worship and preaching and uh, we so badly want you to experience the Lord. Um, so raise your hands at home. Sing out at home. And uh, just act like, you know, this is church. And uh, we're doing it in the privacy of our home. So I pray that that will be an awesome experience for you today. Um, I want to pray for you, church. And uh, let's worship the Lord together. Let's pray. Father God, um, as we come today uh, to worship you, we come honestly, empty-handed. There's nothing we can do to add to you. There's nothing we have that we did not receive from you. And we come humbly, hoping, <laughs> expecting for you to meet with us. Um, just like Mary said, uh, I have seen the Lord. We want to leave this time together being able to say, I have seen the Lord. He is real, and he is bringing me amazing joy. So, Lord, as we worship you, we worship you in spirit and in truth because you are worthy of all of our worship. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.
Once again, thanks for joining us online. Uh, we're going to open our Bible to John chapter 20. Um, we're in a series called That You May Believe, Having the Moment. And uh, my prayer for you today is that you'll have a moment with the Lord, with Jesus Christ himself. And um, last week uh, on Easter Sunday, we talked about trusting Jesus. And uh, now more than ever in this uh, coronavirus uh, crisis in the church uh, trials that we've been facing personally, um, and maybe you say, like, that's great, Steve, but uh, <laughs> circumstances of life, uh, it's it's kind of hard to trust God like not right now. Like, I'm watching the news, and it's like the sky is falling. Um, I don't really watch the news, so I don't know what that's like. Uh, I was saying that to a lady at the grocery store the other day, and she was like, wow, good for you, and I was like, I don't know if it's good or not, but I'm not as worried. I'm not as anxious about that, at least. I have my other um, things that I'm anxious about, and maybe you're anxious for other reasons too, like a loss of job, or uh, maybe possibly furlough or a pay cut. Um, you know, our income, our economic status is in question right now, and it's it's hard. There's uncertainty of the future. Um, there's also sickness and uh, suffering, and uh, so all these things uh, honestly uh, bring us to grief, uh, bring us to sorrow. And uh, life is full of sorrow and pain, honestly. And uh, so look at chapter 20 of John right here. You see Mary. Mary is weeping, right? And uh, so look at verse 11, John chapter 20, verse 11. Mary um, gets you and me. She is full of sorrow and she's weeping. Um, it says in verse 11, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. Now, remember from last week, the tomb's empty, right? Praise the Lord, right? And uh, she saw two angels in white sitting there where the body of Jesus had lain. He's risen, but she doesn't know it yet. One at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? What a great question. Why? Why are we so grieved? Why are there so much sorrow and sadness in our life when Jesus Christ is alive? Um, well, it is what it is, and we're studying it today. She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And he adds this question, whom are you seeking? Who are you seeking, Mary? That's a great question. Maybe you could ask yourself that today. Who are you seeking, church? Who are you seeking, Steve? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will Take him away. Now, I want to point some things out to you. Start with this thought. Grief hinders my ability. Grief hinders my ability to, first of all, think cognitively. Think cognitively. Now, I'm not a thinker or a, a deep thinker, at least. I study the Bible, and, and some things just don't make sense to me. But I know kids are listening. And so cognitively, here's what it means, kids, because uh, maybe you're smarter than I am, but I had to look it up. Here, here's what it means. Cognitively, 
of or relating to the mental processes of perception, memory, judgment, and reasoning, as contrasted with emotional and volitional processes. See, there's a contrast here. Mary is not thinking clearly. She's emotional. She's weeping. The Jewish uh, weeping, you could see it in John chapter 11. You could go read the story of Lazarus and him dying and, and how they had all these people come and they were weeping. And it's, it's not just like a tear down the cheek, church. This isn't just like, a, I'm kind of upset. This is a, my arms are shaking, my body is heaving, I'm weeping about something, the loss of something. And I don't know if you've had that moment yet uh, with all of this crisis, but uh, I certainly have a few times where it was just like, man, this is so hard. Um, so I want to point out a few things to you about her thinking that just kind of make me laugh. Um, First of all, she has a conversation with angels. I don't know if you've had a conversation with angels, but all the conversations I see in the Bible, they are um, fall on your face, fear, like what's happening. And she's just having a normal bebop through the day conversation with these two angels. And that is so crazy. What is she thinking? And uh, Or maybe she's not thinking. And so Mary's response uh, to the angels, they have a taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. It's so interesting to me. She's not like, who are you? She's not like, why are you here? Um, she, she's not asking any questions uh, other than like, she's so focused on, she's so tunnel vision on where is Jesus and where have you taken him? And uh, it's really interesting. Um, her response shows that it's out of control, that she fears the unknown. And that she doesn't know if she can trust God's plan, honestly. She doesn't know that God's in control at this very moment. And um, I think sometimes we forget that as well in our thinking. Um, the second thing, just look in verse uh, 15. In verse 15, even Jesus talking to her, it says, Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And again, I just want to point this out. The supposing is just bad thinking, assuming too much, accusing too quickly, and accepting too much responsibility. She says, I'll carry the body away. She's, she's, she's not able to carry a grown man's body away probably. So I don't think she's thinking clearly about the fact that um, she's not going to be able to do this by herself. And, and church, we're not going to be able to do this life the situation we find ourselves in by ourselves, We need Jesus. Can we say that together? We need Jesus. So grief hinders my ability to think cognitively. It also hinders my ability to see clearly. Look at verse 14. Kids, follow along in your Bible. Verse 14 says, having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing but she did not know it was Jesus. She actually saw the person she was looking for, but she couldn't see that it was Jesus. But it's Jesus. Enough said, right? Like, I mean, who doesn't recognize Jesus? But she can't see it because she doesn't believe it yet. She thinks Christ's dead. She even says that when she talks to Jesus, when she talks to the angels, 
he's dead. I'm looking for a dead body. I'm not looking for somebody who's alive. So her, she's not thinking clearly. She's not seeing clearly. And sometimes we have to believe it to see it. If she could believe she's looking for a live body, maybe this person walking up would be Jesus, but she's just not believing it, so she can't see it. Uh, And then this, um, number three, grief hinders my ability to hear correctly. Look at verse 15. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? I mean, like, if you've ever heard the voice of your teacher, Jesus Christ, Like, when he speaks, you're going to listen. And the fact that she can't understand that it's him and that she's not listening to what he's saying. He said the same thing the angel said. Is that a coincidence? Why are you weeping? Well, think, Mary. Why are you crying? And think, church. Why are we crying? Why are we so sad in this time? Um, And then who? He says, who or whom are you seeking. Now stop. Listen. How does he know that she's looking for a person? Why does she jump to the conclusion that he must be the problem, that he took Jesus away versus that he is Jesus? She's not listening. She's not hearing him correctly. So I want you to slow down, church, right now. Everybody take a deep breath. I know there's a lot of anxiety. I know there's a lot of grief and sorrow. It's at my house too. But I have to tell you, as we slow down, don't we trust Jesus? I know we can't trust ourselves. I know we can't trust our thinking in this moment. I know we can't trust what we see in this moment. I know what we can't, we can't trust what we're hearing in this moment. But can you trust Jesus? Here's what I want to ask you today, church. Can you ask God? Can you ask God in your moment of sorrow, in your moment of grief, can you turn to Jesus? Can you turn to God your Father? Can you pray in the Holy Spirit? And can you ask God? Can you entertain a prayer, a conversation with the Lord so that you can hear him, see him, and think straight? So John chapter 16, if you would just flip back. We didn't cover that. So I feel like I need to read this for you. Um, This is a bit of John chapter 16, Jesus calling his shot. So if you look back at John chapter 16, um, he gets into this in verse 16. Chapter 16, verse 16, he gets into this a little while, a little while, a little while. I'll let you read it, but I'm going to get to verse 20 where he answers what a little while means. Look at this. Truly, truly, Jesus talking to his disciples. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament. Does it sound normal? (laughs) But the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, and your sorrow will turn into joy. Yeah, we all want that today, Jesus. When a woman, this is the illustration. Uh, Women can understand this, man. Maybe you've seen it. Um, When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour, her time has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. I asked uh, a lady that was at our house for dinner last night, hey, do you remember when you had the baby? Like, do you remember the pain? And she's like, well, it was all gone as soon as I saw the child. And I was like, wow, that's what the Bible says. That's, that's cool. 
And, um, you know, when you look into the eyes of your child, it's just all right. And uh, he continues on in verse 22. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Why not? We should. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Here's the commandment. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Ask, church, and you will receive that your joy may be full. So we want to turn this grief on its head. We want to trust the Lord. We want to ask him. And we want to experience this fullness of joy. Um, Just look down so I don't have to turn back here again at verse 31. Chapter 16, verse 31. This is such an amazing thing. Jesus answered them. Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered. Remember that about the disciples? each to his own home, sound like COVID-19, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you that you, that in me you may have peace, and in the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So Jesus isn't just calling his shot as far as like the resurrection, but he's even telling us, church, right here in this passage, that in me you may have peace. I've said this so you can see it's coming. In the world you will have tribulation. Is that true? I feel like there's tribulation in our church. I feel like there's tribulation in my life. I feel like there's tribulation in the world. It's crazy. And he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. I hope these words are comforting. Just go back and read chapters 15 and 16 of John. I know we didn't preach those yet, but we'll get to them. Um, Here it is. Ask God. Okay, so Jesus wants to turn, okay? Jesus wants to turn my sorrow, my grief into joy. Do you know that, church? He just said it in chapter 16. Hey, you're going to be sad, but I'm going to come back. And, and then you're going to have tribulation in the world, but take heart because I've overcome the world. He says, Jesus wants to turn my sorrow into joy. And here's how he does it in the passage. Read verses 16 and following. Jesus said to her, Mary, just think about that, Jesus calling your name. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me. For I have not yet descended to my father, but go to my brothers. Underline that, my brothers. That's a great statement. No longer slaves or servants. No longer friends. Like it talks about in John 15. You are my brothers. And say to them, I am ascending to my father and to your father. To my God and to your God. What an amazing statement. I have been all over that statement this week. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and he had said these things to her. Now listen, 
Good job, Mary. You're obedient. I love it. She's like serving the Lord. She's like doing what he says. And I want to be obedient too. So here's what Jesus has done for us and a couple things that he's asking us to do. Okay, so Jesus wants uh, to turn my sorrow into joy. So Jesus calls me by name. Have you ever heard Jesus call your name? I remember in January 15th, 1992, that was the first time I really heard Jesus call my name. Steve, I want you. You're my son. You're my brother. And it's such a special moment when he calls your name. He wants to call your name. He wants you to be his disciple, his follower, his student. Kids. You're not just a student at school. You're a student of Jesus. Parents, you're not just a follower of someone else or a follower of a TV show or a follower of, like, please, no. You're a follower of Jesus. You're apprenticing under Jesus. You're learning how to do your job as a Christian better. Here's what Jesus is asking me to do in this phrase here. When he calls Mary's name, when he calls my name, he's asking me to listen. Listen to Jesus church. He's asking me to learn. Learn from Jesus, church. He's the teacher. We're the students. This week, will you commit to learning from Jesus when he calls your name? Now, here's the thing. You say, oh, I don't know. Will I hear the voice of God? Will I hear my name? And I say, I say this to you. Um, Mary clung to him. Maybe it was a hog, um, you know, Maybe it was just grabbing his feet in worship. I don't know. Right now, I think we all want a little human contact. I want to hug you uh, and, and hold on. But Jesus is saying this. Doesn't it seem so? The other day, uh, my mom was at my house for Easter, and, and I, she gave me a hug. Even though she probably shouldn't have, she just wanted to give me a hug. And she held on tight, and I held on to her, and it was such a good feeling. And, uh, but I wanted to hold on forever. She wanted to hold on forever. Can you imagine how insensitive of me it would be to be like, hey, don't touch me. Don't cling to me. And that's what's happening here. Was Jesus insensitive? No, no. He was a good teacher. He was loving. He was, he was saying, hey, now, Mary, this is changing. It's not about me physically. I've died. I've risen again. It's about spiritual things now. It's about me sending the Holy Spirit. It's about your spiritual walk with me. I'm not going to be here. I'm going to ascend to the Father. But you know what? You're always going to have me with you. It's just going to feel and look and, and, and sense a little bit different. So he was making it spiritual, not physical. Here's the second thing. Jesus calls me uh, by name, but then second, Jesus calls me his brother or his sister, if you're a woman. And I just think that's so amazing. I just take into consideration that he first went to the women and introduced himself, unveiled himself to these women. Um, just another proof of the Bible because that would never happen because women were not considered credible witnesses back then. They would be now in our culture, but in that culture, they weren't considered uh, credible witnesses. And so the fact that Jesus, he didn't even care. He's just like, I'm going to the women. I'm going to tell them that I'm alive. And I love that about Jesus, that he's not a respecter of persons. Jesus um, calls me his brother. 
And I just, I just think you could go back to John 15, verses 12 through 16. I've said it a couple times. Just read John 15 and 16. But he says, you're no longer my servants. Uh, you're my friends. And uh, that's such a special thing. But now he takes it even farther. He says, you're not just my friends. You're my brothers. You're my sisters. And I just got to tell you, how do you treat a brother or sister? Hey, family. Hey, kids. How do you treat your brothers and sisters? Well, sometimes we fight. I know, but don't you always make up? Don't you always? You got to live in the same house. You're in the same family. Like your family, you're always going to be family. And it's like that in the spiritual realm too. Church, we're family. We're always going to be family. We're going to be in eternity forever. If you're saved, we're going to be together forever. And so let's start to act like that even here because Jesus calls us brothers and sisters. We're family. Jesus asked me to go with Jesus on a mission with a message. He speaks and he says, Mary, speak for me. So here's two things you could write down. Go with Jesus on mission with a message. Speak for Jesus. These are applications of this message, and Mary does it in the passage. I'm going to keep rolling. Verse 17b is number three. So Jesus wants to turn my sorrow into joy, and he does that by calling me by name. He does that by calling me his brother or sister, and he does that by Jesus connects me to my father. Not just my father, his father and my father. Just look at this statement. I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. This is an astounding statement. I am still studying this, so study it with me. I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Now, that doesn't make sense to me. If he said, I am ascending to my father and your God, that makes sense. God is Jesus' father. He's the son of God. I'm not the son of God but he's my God. I admire him. I fear God. I love God because he loves me so much. But he adds two things here. He says, my father and your father. What an intimate thing he does for us. He connects us to a loving father. Man, how intimate, how priceless, how close. See the oneness? But then this, this this boggles me, to my God and your God. See, Jesus is God. How can he say to my God? I have read, read, read through the Gospels, read through John. I can't find it where Jesus ever says that God the Father is his God until this moment. On the cross, what does Jesus say right before he says it's finished? Come on, class. What does he say? He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus, feeling the weight of our sin for the first time, cried out to God. How astounding is that? You see, Jesus knows humanity. Jesus was fully man. And at that moment when our sin was placed upon him, he even experienced the weight of sin, even though he had never sinned before. And he now relates to us. (laughs) My God. And your God. Jesus in that moment. When he committed himself to have our sin on him. He needed God the father. Like never before. And we need God. 
like never before. Church, here it is. Jesus connects me to the Father, and he connects me in such an intimate way. And uh, so we need to worship the Father in Jesus' name. Here it is. Um, Back when he was talking to the woman at the well, I'll just read it for you, verses 23 and 24 of chapter 4 of John. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. Who do we worship? We worship the Father in Jesus' name. And he's asking us to do that because God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus has made this physical relationship he had with the disciples. And he's turned it into a spiritual thing. Don't cling to me. It's not about physical now. It's about spiritual. And he's making it a spiritual thing for all of us to experience the relationship he has. He's our teacher. He's our brother. And he's our connection to a loving father. Not only that, he sent the Holy Spirit. And so we worship him. He connects me to God the Father through the Holy Spirit. Just Please, I know I've said it, this is the third time, please go read John 15 and 16 this week. So much about the Holy Spirit and connecting us there. Um, I just want to wrap up the message this way. Um, Jesus calls my name. I hope that encourages you. He's going to call your name this week. Listen now. Now learn from Jesus this week, church. Jesus uh, calls me brother, so go with Jesus this week, church, and, and speak for Jesus this week, church. And then he connects me to my Father. And so we have access to a Heavenly Father to worship the Father in Jesus' name. So here's the big takeaway. Here's what I want you to do this week. You're all looking for what, 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 what should I do? Here it is. I want you to pray. I want you to pray and I want you to ask others to pray for you and with you. I don't want you to be under, overcome with grief and sorrow this week. You know, even if you were last week, I don't want you to be overcome with grief or sorrow this week. Don't allow it to control you to uh, change your thinking or the way you see things clearly or the way you hear things correctly. Um, Rather, turn to Jesus in prayer. Invite your brothers and sisters to pray with you. And by the end of the day today or by the end of the week, I want you to be able to say, I have seen the Lord. Man, that's experiencing joy, isn't it? Mary could say, I have seen the Lord. So here it is. I don't want to tell you or ask you to do something I haven't done. This week was, Monday was horrible. I was so in the dump. I wanted to just end it all. I just want to walk out, right? And uh, it just stinks. Um, But, you know, we get there. And maybe you've been in that spot. I'm sorry. It was a hard spot Monday. And by Tuesday morning, uh, I texted my prayer team, a little group me group. And it's just like, texted them and said, hey, here's how I really feel. I'm really in a bad spot. I need your prayer. And you know what? They started to pray and they started to encourage me and it turned me towards Jesus in prayer. And you know what? Since Tuesday afternoon, I have had such a good week, church. And and I want you to have that I see the Lord moment this week, that turning point that you go out of grief and sorrow and you go into joy in Jesus Christ. It's possible, church. Now, here's how you could have your brothers and sisters pray for you. If you're like, who do I ask to pray for me? Um, fill out the connect register. You know, at liftchurch.info, liftchurch.info, you can just go on there. You can hit the connect register button. You can put a prayer request down and 
we as a staff and our prayer team and our elders are going to be praying for you this week that you will have joy in the Lord and that grief will not be a part of your life this week. Hey, we do grieve, church, and it's okay. But we don't grieve as others who have no hope. We know the future, and we know Jesus is our <laughs> our ticket there. And we just we just we have everything we need in Jesus, including joy. Have joy. Choose joy this week, church. You are loved. There's no pretense